Hello, and welcome to this episode of RuckCast. RuckCast is your opportunity to listen in on unscripted conversations about cutting-edge ruckus Wi-Fi and wired networking technology, ruckus business, and just interesting innovations that impact the computer networking industry today and in the future. RuckCast is brought to you directly from Comscope Ruckus Education. For more learning opportunities, be sure to log on to training.ruckuswireless.com and view content on our Ruckus Education YouTube channel. Simply search for Ruckus Education on your YouTube homepage. Without further ado, here's your host, Matt Clouda. So we're joined by royalty in one way or another because I'm joined by a two-time channel chief, CRN award winner, Raylan Kritzer. Raylan, welcome. Wow, you built me up quite heavily on that. I don't know if I could live up. Well, just don't let us down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that's that's a big deal. And I don't think that a lot of people really understand how big of a deal that is. Talk about that for a second and what that means not only to Comscope, but also to yourself. Yeah, well, it, it definitely is a huge honor. Um, CRN, or the channel company, is a global organization. And they they basically ask you to apply each year for the, progr- for the award. Um, and basically, it's it's the accomplishments that you've had as a as a channel leader. It's your vision, uh, your understanding of of uh, the channel and the partners and the direction that the their business is headed and how you're adapting your strategy and programs to accommodate that. Um, and then they they kind of look at all of the applicants and um, make their decision on who who the leaders are going to be. So it's um it's been great for me because I'm just I'm just doing what I love to do. I have a huge passion for the channel and. Um, feels great to be recognized for that. That's good. Good. Well, congratulations on Thank behalf you. of all of us. That's that's great. So, on that note, now you get to tell us who you are and and what you do and yeah, why you're here. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm here because you graciously invited me to to speak, and I I appreciate that because I love getting the word out on um, the exciting things that we're doing for the channel and helping them to address their customer needs. Um, my name is Raylan Kreitzer, as you mentioned. Uh, I have been uh, working in the channel for about 23 years now. So I'm totally dating myself. <laughs> um, and, uh, and my team and I manage the channel programs here at Comscope. Uh, we also manage partner enablement training, uh, operations and channel marketing. So I have a, a very, uh, professional and talented team backing me up, look, making me look good. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and you do, and you guys are doing a great job. So April of last year was the announcement of the Comscope acquisition, correct? Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been interesting to watch everybody scrambling from one thing you're you're in the middle of, and all of a sudden now directions changes, everything's going on. So how has that kind of been in, in your world for the past year? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like I could write a book on mergers and acquisitions at this point because <laughs> <laughs> we've been through several um uh, over the past years, I, I actually came from Brocade originally, then to Ruckus, then to Eris, now to Comscope. So I feel like we've got this dialed in at this point. Um, but I think it provides a really great opportunity for our partner community. 
So obviously, uh, now there's a broader portfolio for our partners to to understand, to get trained up on, a bigger share within the customer environment. And whether it's wired, Wi-Fi, cellular, or all three, we're offering solutions that are, are truly simple, reliable, and adaptable as those networks are evolving. So um, really exciting from that perspective. And with that, you know, there's the opportunity to consolidate um, and look for synergies within the partner programs. So uh, just in, in January, we launched uh, the Comscope Partner Pro Network. Uh, Comscope Partner Pro is a brand that's been around for roughly 14 years now, so it's got some legs. Uh, it's highly reputable, um, particularly on the infrastructure or legacy Comscope side. So it made perfect sense for us to le- leverage that legacy uh, program and combine the the Eris program and the Ruckus Ready program underneath that Partner Pro umbrella. Um Comscope also has some amazing alliances with um, OEM partners, your technology partners, which basically completes an entire solution portfolio for the partners to offer to their customer community. So they're also under that umbrella. So I think um, our part, our partners worldwide are in a good company as part of that uh, new program. We have decided for the year, because we're actually looking at a lot of our back-end systems like SFDC, uh, Microsoft Dynamics, and just trying to understand, you know, what's the best of breed and how are we going to evolve and, and consolidate. And so while we're working through those things in the background, we're serving up two separate programs. So there's an infrastructure program that's um, primarily covering things like structured cable, uh, in-building wireless, Envision. And then there's the networking program, which was your traditional ruckus wired and wireless program. So those will remain separate today. Um, we've been doing a lot of webcasts to the channel community to inform them of you know, what those two programs look like, how to apply. Uh, but basically, those portals will still remain separate as well. So partners who are traditional ruckus partners will continue to log into that portal. Uh, it'll look quite different on the branding. Uh, we've retained a lot of the uh, classic branding on both the infrastructure and networking sides of the house. So folks who are familiar with um, the infrastructure brand will see a lot of those gorgeous colors that Comscope has in their in their palette. And then uh, folks who are used to ruckus are still going to see the orange and black okay. um, and uh, and still going to see the dog. So the dog will still uh, be a part of, of the identity. I don't see that going away. Um, and so, yeah, programs are separate. We are looking to to integrate some of the back end kind of processes and systems. And so that's a big focus for us this year is um, just for an example, things like marketing development funds. I mean, um, so Comscope, Eris, Ruckus, they all had different ways in which they were managing that different processes, different guidelines. I don't really think that that's efficient for us going forward, whether they're separate programs or not. They're some great things that we can do leveraging a common set of guidelines and a common platform for partners to log into and manage those funds. So partners are going to see a lot more of that this year as we come together, just greater efficiencies in how we do business. So if you get the tools migrated down to a single system in the back end, does that Mm -hmm. open the door to allow you to kind of join the programs together? At some point, yeah. I mean, I think today there's still some um, differences in the different types of partnerships that we have. Um, you know, we're, we are doing a little consolidation there. So typically the Comscope 
legacy partners were called installers and uh, ruckus partners were called VARs or MSPs or resellers. And so we've sort of consolidated that. Partners today are really providing solutions with whatever they're doing. So we're just calling them solution providers. Um, and I think, you know, those are some steps that we're taking, but those those partners are in fact doing some pretty different things. So we'll, uh, we're gonna do what makes sense for the business. And as we see synergies evolve from the acquisition, we will incorporate that into programs. Some things that I can think of off the top of my head are um, some trainings and incentives on how to sell the respective technology. Where does that fit in a solution? And if I'm a solution provider, what's the conversation that I can have with my customer customer now that encompasses the entire enterprise portfolio? And so once we get the training up and running for that, I can see us putting in some uh, programs, uh, referral programs. So if there's an infrastructure partner that maybe isn't going to make the transition over to wired and wireless and those skill sets, they can at least get an incentive for referring that deal over to uh, a traditional networking partner that can do the implementation. So we'll be looking for things like that. We've, we've already enabled our distribution partners on both sides to have kind of what we call a, a sub DISTI model. So that means, for example, if an infrastructure partner has an opportunity for networking, they can go to one of the authorized networking distributors and fulfill that order at a net neutral cost. So it's not encouraging, say, that infrastructure's solution provider community to now start buying through a networking distributor. We still are encouraging those partners to stay with their trusted uh, authorized DISTI. So outside, I guess my my initial thought was, I was going to kind of lead you into for the partners other than the name being different mm-hmm. in the background in terms of the program and the program benefits that they have now, it's not any different, right? It just kind of transitions right over. However, it now starts to open these other doors into other businesses and avenues that they can follow. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can absolutely see things like some of our specializations coming together uh, more quickly than the core programs. I mean, particularly with um, Comscope's expertise in DAS and uh, Ruckus's CBRS technology, that's highly complementary. Mm-hmm. That could be our first specialization that we launch as an integrated company. So those are some things that I think once the business is evolving to a point where it makes good sense, um, though, that would be the perfect time to start providing those complementary programs versus designing the program first. And then, you know, if we build it, they will come. That philosophy rarely works. Yeah. So what, what are some of the things now that you look at the program and you have, I mean, you always have pieces that are moving Mm -hmm. and challenges and hurdles and things like that. But what are, what are some of your biggest challenges right now with integrating everything together and putting all this together? Yeah, I think um, some of the challenges are just getting familiar with some of the backend systems and limitations with things being separate. Um, I also think that, I mean, just quite frankly, coming from a networking background, just my ability to to jump in and get up to speed on uh, the the infrastructure program. And um, as a matter of fact, that program has, I think, three separate components. So they almost have three programs into one on the networking side. And I think there's probably some greater efficiencies that we can get 
within those infrastructure programs so they're not operating so separately. So I think um, a challenge, at least for me, is is um, getting a deeper understanding, um, getting out there in the field, talking to some of the partners themselves, talking to the field teams and understanding, hey, what's working, what's not working, where can we where can we get some some wins for the partners and in, in how we design these programs. So when you're sitting down and you're talking to partners, mm-hmm. what are some of the top questions that you're getting that you have to address, you know, maybe more than once or twice? Yeah, I, I, a lot of the questions are um, related to how we're accommodating their business from things like managed services. So um, solution providers' businesses are evolving from your traditional resale model to providing some solutions to now providing this um managed service offering or reoccurring revenue. And and so I think partners have been asking us to be more flexible in the way that we design our infrastructure, the way we offer our programs in order to accommodate that business. And it's it's even beyond financing. I mean, one of the requests that I got at our advisory forum in EMEA recently was, um, can we actually leverage MDF dollars to bring in a consultant and work with us on just helping us to understand what that evolution could look like from your traditional um, resale model to a managed service model. And I'm all for that. I believe that, you know, we just, we have to be flexible. There's so much change that's happening in the market today that to just be completely rigid with how you manage your partners and your programs is, is not going to, to win you any fans out there. So, um, so I'm I'm extremely supportive. If we have partners that are enrolling in our managed service specialization, I absolutely want them to number one leverage our our investment dollars to understand how managed services can grow within their business. Um, number two, promote their own brand. So, in traditional MDF models, for example, people would go out there and provide their proof of performance, and we would want to see our own brand represented in that. Um, Partners today are representing their entire solution, and it's not about the vendor. Of course, you have to establish your trust and relationship with those partners, and you hope that you're going to be the vendor of choice, And um, but really it's all about them. And so how can we be more flexible in the dollars that we give to those partners so that they can promote their own brand and not be so restrictive about them promoting our particular brand? So it's things like that. I think just the ability for us to be more flexible. Um, Some of the other things I hear around more, um, believe it or not, um, more rigidity in our uh, certifications. So we're also working with um, our education team internally to understand how our education will evolve this year, and we're absolutely reaching out to partners for that. Yeah, we're excited to see that feedback too because there's a lot of effort that's gone into it and will go into it. So it'll be, it'll be nice to see how that evolves, which kind of leads me into the next thing is what do you see us doing internally that's really different in how we're enabling our partners today versus how we have been in the past. And I think you touched on a lot of that and you kind of led into it, but are there other things that we're doing as well besides all of that? Or is that kind of the, the main pieces of it right now? Yeah. I mean, um, so a couple things there, uh, partners, uh, the big trend right now, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, the, the customers are asking for more. So customer demands are growing. Um, and unfortunately those customer demands are very broad and so partners are saying, hey, you know, I, I could do one of two things. I could try to accommodate all their needs, which is going to, you know, make me a mile wide and an inch thick. Or I could take a look at some of the practices that I have within my business and really double down on where we have strengths. 
And I think a lot of partners are opting for the latter. And so they're trying to figure out how do we get more focused in what we're providing. Um, and in that case, uh, they're looking for very specific solutions that they can lead with and insights that they can lead with with their partner community that's highly complementary to that. So if a, a partner, for example, is saying, hey, you know, I'm going to, I have a great um, hospitality practice. I'm going to continue to focus there. And uh, I think it's our job for enablement and what we're focused on is what are those conversations that we can give those partners so that they can have um, an insightful conversation about the customer's business, mm -hmm. not, okay, here's, here's my solution. Here's my, you know, vendors that I work with. And here's why that vendor's point product is better than the others. It's, it's, Hey, you know, we know what's keeping you up at night. We see the trends in the industry. We see where your hospitality is going. Um, and what if you could have these problems solved for you, Mr. Customer? And so the customer, you get the customer bought in, <clears throat> then you start having the conversation about what that solution looks like, potentially or maybe not, depending on whether you're a managed service provider or not. You might be talking about the different technologies that go into that solution and why they're better, but that comes further along in the conversation. That's called a challenger philosophy. Those are the types of conversations that my team is going to be creating this year for the partners to be able to have in those vertical spaces. So we're looking at, um, obviously, uh, hospitality is big for us. Um, education, vaping continues to be a hot topic. Um, it's not always that deal that goes down, but just being able to get in with the administrator and have a conversation about something that people are very heated about right now, lots of passion around that topic. Mm -hmm. um, and then how we as a, as a company with our um, alliance partners can help solve a problem for them. That might not be the end sale, but it'll definitely get your foot in the door. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We just, you know, we're looking at how can we better enable our partner community to to have those interesting, um, uh, thought-provoking conversations. Our whole philosophy is about enabling the partner. We, um, I should have mentioned this in the beginning, but, you know, the ruckus business was highly uh, channel focused. I mean, almost 100% of the revenue went through the channel. And a lot of companies say that. They'll say, oh, we're a channel company. And then you find that, well, it's kind of the, the necessary evil. They use the channel primarily as what they would consider a fulfillment model. Um, the ruckus business is channel led. I mean, that's like that's a dream for any vendor is to have a channel community that leads with your technology and in many cases understands it better than you do. Yeah. Um, and so we, we don't want to mess with that. We want to encourage that. And Comscope, same philosophy, you know, just everything is going through the partners, a lot of channel led business. And so um, two companies coming together with similar philosophies in their channel is um, something that we're absolutely capitalizing on. And that is, that is our focus. I mean, we have a, um, I was surprised at the level of investment that we got to focus on the channel, both from a resources perspective and a um, in, uh, overall incentive perspective. So Sign I'm excited. Up. Sign me up. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that leads to the question. I mean, if, if there are people out there that are maybe on the fence or not entirely sure, but they are a partner and they want to become a partner, mm -hmm. why would they do that? What's the benefit? What? Well, what you're we getting offer? a vendor that's highly committed to your success for one. Um, one of the things that 
that we've been pretty proud of is that we have a really strong engagement with our partner community. Um, we're there. Uh, I know there's been some churn over the years. I'm not going to pretend that didn't happen. And so unfortunately, when you have those kinds of changes, you have attrition and it's often as a partner, you're trying to figure out, hey, I've got this opportunity with my customer. Who do I work with? And if you can't find that person, you, you know, we as vendors take the risk that they're going to go to the competition. And I think we experienced our fair share of that. Uh, what's great is that we're stable. Um, we have the full enterprise team in place and, and folks, we've even beefed, beefed up our inside sales organization. So there should be no reason that um, if a partner is interested and wants to engage that we don't have somebody that's actively working with them to help them out. And we have a lot of competition in this space, quite frankly, bigger vendors. Um, and I think sometimes some of those partners fall through the cracks with those vendors. They, they don't have the, the feet on the street that are actively engaging with them, particularly if they don't have or they're not meeting specific revenue requirements or just not as valuable for their business. Uh, if partners are committed and loyal to our technology, we're committed to their business as well. And so, um, so you're not going to find, you know, even our partner program is very approachable. We have a solution provider level that's available for all partners. Um, <clears throat> it, the, uh, on the infrastructure side of the business, if partners are interested, they should definitely engage with their favorite favorite distribution partner uh, or an account manager directly uh, because that is not, hey, I'm just going to go sign up on the website and become a partner. Um, Comscope on the infrastructure side is very uh, strict and as they should be with the warranty and assigning or allowing partners to offer the warranty to customers. And they're actually acting on behalf of Comscope for a 25-year warranty. So um, so they're pretty selective about the type of business that those partners have and their capability to service those customers as they should. Um, on the networking side, partners can simply log into the website, complete the application, um, answer some basic questions about their business and and get access to that solution provider level and then the the requirements for the the top tier status are are very approachable as well on both infrastructure and networking so we try to make it easy for for partners to work with us if if they're committed and engaged and um and make sure that they don't feel like uh like they don't have somebody they can reach out to if they've if they've got opportunities we're there to help I've been in the room with partners because we've done some education stuff for mm-hmm. them. And that's the one thing that I've never heard them say is I can't get a hold of any, anybody or I can't find this or I can't. I've never heard them say that. Mm. You're um, lucky. I've heard that. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably talking to people at a different level. but <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's always a good thing, too. Yeah. Um, and, and it's nice, too, because, I mean, I can... Anybody listening can the, to this is going to hear your passion. I can see your passion. I mean, we all know that you're passionate about what you do. And the partners that I've been around are also passionate about our products, which makes it a lot easier to deal with as well. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really cool, too, because in the, in the training offerings that we've done for them, the biggest thing that we've seen come back is they've never once sat there and said, this is dumb. This is stupid. It shouldn't work like that. It should, it's always help me understand it. Mm-hmm. Just help me understand it. I, I get the basics of it. Just to help me understand how your pieces fit together. And then we help them get the pieces put together and they're happy. Yeah. You know, and then they just take off running. It's awesome. It really is. So, um, 
So you're, you've got your hands full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. But it's, it's good work. I mean, we're doing yeah. the right things, I think. And, um, and I've been fortunate enough where if we're not doing the right things, we have a, a good set of partners that'll let us know. And yeah. so I, I always, I mean, I, I love it when I go out there and I, I have conversations with partners and things are going great and we don't feel like there's a lot we have to work on. But I almost uh, appreciate the conversations more when they're extremely candid and tell us what's not working. Because in those cases, there's a big risk for us to lose that business. And it's too important. Yeah. So uh, I take those things seriously. I, I come back and fortunately, I've been give, given a position where I can actually make some of those changes happen. And I have a, an extremely supportive uh, leadership team as well, who's highly committed to the channel. So um, my job is, while there's a lot going on, it's exciting work, and um, and it's the right thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so it's December of 2020, and you're getting ready to close out for the year, and you're looking at all your goals and your accomplishments and achievements for the year. What What's going to make you feel accomplished at the end of the year? Like, what are the things that you feel like if you can get these things done, you're going to feel like you just hit it out of the park? Yeah, I think... Uh... Well, obviously, if our partners are growing, <laughs> that would be great. Um, if we have, uh, I think if we have more consistency and adoption and some of the, the program and enablement efforts and um, absolutely adoption in, in some of the things that we'll be putting out there with regards to the solution campaigns that I mentioned and the, um, the cross training. Um, what I'd love to have uh, once we get our, our partner conference back on track. Oh, that's another one. I would have loved to have at least been able to have our worldwide partner conference. Unfortunately, we had to postpone that until the uh, coronavirus is sorted. But um, so far, we're looking at pushing that out into our Q4 timeframe. Um, and if that happens, I'd love to have that because uh, not only is it will it be the first time that all of our partners are able to come together, but it's also a great matchmaking events so we can introduce a lot of the traditional networking partners to the infrastructure partners and vice versa so that when there are opportunities if they you know they can partner together um, I think it was uh, um, there's a statistic out there uh, I think that um, the channel company did that actually talks about how 50% of the partners that they surveyed are working with another partner today and then IDC came on top of that and said yeah and in the next two years those partners are going to be working with three or more. So as partners are becoming more focused, um, they're saying, hey, since I can't be all things to, to all customers, what I'm going to do is I'm going to partner with somebody who can. So, so you're I, seeing more specialization with certain things versus yeah. jack of all trades, master of Oh, yeah. Company. I don't think – I think it's just too big of a challenge. I mean, the needs, are, the needs of the customer are just evolving at such a rapid pace that um, – you know, the teams within the partners can't get trained up fast enough. Um, and IT resources are at a premium. And so I think they just have to decide who who is it that I'm going to be. And then let's, let's just drill down and be the best that we possibly can in that particular vertical or focused area. And so then they say, well, since I'm not going to be doing these other things anymore, um, is there somebody that I can partner with that will either come in as a partner or in some cases, I mean, there's partners who say, hey, I'm not sure managed services are really the, the path for me or services in general are the path for me. I'm going to stick to my uh, traditional model. 
And so they'll bring in a services partner that will sometimes act like they are, I mean, they're wearing the same batched shirt. And so it looks to the customer that there's a more robust organization there than there actually is. I want to touch on that real quick, because mm-hmm. from my perspective within my org, that's that's important. So they can't get trained up fast enough. That's something that you said that stuck with me. And the reason for that is we've been looking at this and that's the one piece of feedback that the partners have always given us is I can't take these guys off the road or mm-hmm. and stick them in a room for a week to go through a class. It's very difficult. And we understand that. So we've talked a lot about macro and micro learning. So we did talk about a survey. The survey questions are coming out in terms of certification and education. And if partners are listening to this, please take that and give us your feedback on that because I don't think it's a problem you can solve if you don't have that type of input from the community. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty complex problem to solve because what works for you might not work for Joe down the road. Yeah. Right? So trying to find that blend in there is key. But anyways, I didn't mean to derail you, but that's that's crucial. I really want to make sure that we touch on that and get that covered. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's beyond just our own training. It, it's, um, you know, the customer needs are becoming, uh, especially in like IoT, they're just pervasive. And there's so many different technologies in there and so many different verticals, and they just can't nor do they really want to have their limited staff, you know, trying to be the best of everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but getting to the that point you made, uh, yeah, I mean, the feedback is critical. And we've had everything from, hey, I, I want to take, you know, I, I, I want um, to have specific training that's focused on, say, networking. Um, that's your certification. And then I've heard, uh, hey, can you augment an industry certification, which is something that we did a couple years ago. Uh, And then I've heard, I don't feel like I have to take anything because I've been working with your product for so long. So is there a quick test out that I could do or kind of a um, abridged version? And then I've heard, hey, we're doing your competitor's products today. We're selling that. We have good expertise there. Is there a bridge course that we could take to just get trained up on your technology? So we're looking at all of those things. I think the bridge course is is probably... uh, you know, something that could be a quick win for us if we could get that going. But I mean, that this is where, you know, not only does the is the partner feedback important, but helping us to prioritize which which one we should focus on first. Yeah. Bridge courses are, they're a challenge. I, I don't know what kind of challenge it is on the wireless side. I know what it is on the wired side, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a, that's a different challenge for sure. And yeah. I know what you mean about get some wins there because you can put that stuff together and then it, it fills that need. Cause mm-hmm. A lot of times you have a guy that understands the, the technology behind it, sure. but it's it's just the presentation of how you deal with it inside the device that's completely different. And so, yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, now you're about to go into the realm of the unknown for me because if you start talking about all the technical stuff, I'm going to fall asleep. I won't go full nerd, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do that to you, so. I mean, we can. I just want to see if I can get that glazed over. Look uh, yeah, on your well, face. Like, wait, what? you're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, stop. Pump the brakes. Back up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 2020 is going to be a big year for you. Huge. Yeah. And we're already looking forward to some great things we can do in 2021. Um, I'm actually toying with the idea. Yeah, I'm not 
probably not just toying with it anymore, but this is recorded. So if you're toying with it, while this <laughs> is being recorded, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to. Oh, well, I have it. been talking about it for a while. So I figure the more I talk about it, the more commitments there. People can't back out. But um, we're looking at um, different ways in which we measure loyalty with the partner community. So traditional programs, I think, are just, yeah, they're fading away. They're like dinosaurs. And so, but. Yeah, there's still a need to measure loyalty with the partner community and make sure that you're um, training those partners and feel confident that those partners are providing the best uh, customer experience. So what I've been looking at is a is an app that can actually, you know, you identify your three to five ways that you measure partners, and then you have uh, you provide an app for them to engage in. So you could actually give them points toward their status for things like social media posts or attending webcasts. I mean, that's been a huge thing is, you know, you get them to take the sales trainings, technical trainings <laughs> once every three years. How do you incentivize your partners to do mm -hmm. that on an ongoing basis? Well, you can reward them along the way, which gives them points to their status. Um, in my vision, you could actually... Um, have your rock star sales guys or your rock star um, SEs as they're completing training or as they're uh, participating in webinars, posting in social media, leveraging your solution campaigns, you're gaining points toward the status and the principal within the organization could see who those rock stars are. You could even put some gamification in there to get them to compete with one another. So those are all things that, that we're looking at um, in in my perfect world, this could be something that we would announce at the at the partner conference and have for 2021. So that's a really good idea. Well, it would definitely be something different, and I think um, I think some of the feedback that I've had from partners is, "Oh my God, not another app!" But you know, a lot of the fear I think comes from once you have me, are you just going to bombard me with a bunch of crap? Are you just going to be communicating to me to a point where I'm like crying for mercy? Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can balance that out with, Hey, we're, we're doing this based on your persona in the organization, you'll get very targeted communication. We won't communicate more than a, you know, a certain amount of times per week, per month, whatever, whatever we decide, yeah. I think it'll make it more palatable. But yeah, it never fails. You download an app or you put in some information and then you're bombarded with just junk that yep. you don't want. And uh, and just think if every vendor that they worked with did this, they'd be overwhelmed. So um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking about all of those things as I'm designing this. I have some ideas for you on that. Oh, okay. About that yeah, app. I'd love it. Yeah, you, the phone's funny. Usually when I, it, it happens to me when I'm sitting in the airport because I'll just sit there and people watch. Mm-hmm. And then something will email will go off or whatever, and I'll look, and I've got all these different folders with apps in it. I'm like, how many of these am I really using? I know. I know. <laughs> then you look through, I'm like, well, I'll use that once in a while. And, oh, I used that one the other day, and that one I probably haven't used in a year, but I need it. So if I'm going to need it again, I'll just have to read down. It's the silliest thing. But, <laughs> but I get where they're coming from. But I think there's ways you can mitigate that and lessen that impact where they don't have to manage it there and then everywhere else you can probably get around that a little bit so yeah i'm i'm so bad that i'll think i'm downloading a new app and it'll say update and i i'm like oh i already oh. have that somewhere oh <laughs> <laughs> well, okay i guess i'm due for an update but yeah, yeah it, it can become overwhelming auto updates the best thing ever especially on your phone just let it automatically update the app and it does it at night and i don't even care about it because <laughs> I, I can't stand the notification oh yeah like i'll open an app just to get rid of the notification but it takes up battery space doesn't it eh. i got i got battery issues <laughs> you have battery issues because you have an iphone 4 <laughs> 
Maybe it's a seven. I don't know, but it's a pretty old phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm due for an upgrade for sure. <laughs> yeah, it might be timing. We're, we're at the 11 now, so oh, we're just a little bit behind. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe I'll wait for the 12. Or the 14. I mean, <laughs> see how long you can make it last. Mm -hmm. I waited this long. I have a permanent battery I walk around with that sticks to my phone. That's why they give you a Mophie when you buy a new phone. Like, here, have a battery pack, too. Well, it kind of defeats the purpose of lightweight, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I don't know. My battery's great. I have a 10. I love that thing. Huh. Take it off the charger in the morning, plug it in at night, and that's the only time I touch it. So it's amazing. So um, I, can't, I can't think of it. Is there anything else that we didn't cover? I don't think so. Um, but I, you know, just would love to encourage partners who may be listening to the podcast to, um, you know, reach out. Uh, we have a new portal. Uh, all the portals have been updated with all the new um, branding, um, fresh information. So uh, definitely familiarize yourself with the new partner program. If you're a new partner and you're, you're thinking about engaging with us, uh, absolutely reach out. Um, we have folks that are actually based in the field that will, um, that are on my team that, uh, that can help you if you've got questions. Um, so uh, just uh, reach out to us. We're anxious to work with you and, and happy to do so. Yeah, great. And I encourage you to do that as well. I mean, it's, it's a great product line. It's a great company. It's obviously a great channel program. So Thank you. Yeah. Well, Raylan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to RuckCast. If you just found us for the first time, be sure to follow or subscribe on your platform of choice so you can be notified of future episodes. If you have ideas for future episodes or can't find RuckCast on your favorite platform, contact us at ruckcast at comscope.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>